Hello, and welcome to a very special, not special at all, completely normal end of year episode of Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die. Not a threat. threat. Just Just a a fact. fact. Sorry, I don't know why I started taking over there. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) My my city now. I mean, I, I... I did jump in when you're the one who usually does that. You you can go ahead and retake it from the top if you want. Oh, no, no, that's fine. I, I I like you. I I was like I was enjoying you doing it. You go for it. It's folks. Twenty twenty. Alex Leaf Control will be vibing and she's introing it right. And she'll be vibing <laughs> and she'll intro the podcast and she's right and she'll be vibing and intro the podcast doing it right. <laughs> if you think that this year sucked, wait, we didn't introduce ourselves. Hi, I'm Alex Leafcrunch. Tweet about hashtag carp. <laughs> Hi, I'm I'm Sarah Sunhajenya. Tweet about hashtag carp. <laughs> um, uh, my name is John, aka Ball with the Ball. Do you have to rank Yonky Yonky? Diggy said the Yonky sit up, jump the Yonky. Enter <laughs> <laughs> the bang to the Yonky the beat. <sighs> and yeah, it's <laughs> it's Yonky to Raka, rhyme to Raka, Yonk that's right on top. Oh, that's, God. <laughs> that's gloopy, gloopy, gloopy. <laughs> no, that's too far. Yonking it right. <laughs> Everybody will Every... be splurging and be yonking it right. Everybody, Everybody... <laughs> will be splurging and be yonking it right. Folks, this is going to be the attitude of the podcast for, from here on oh, out. Yeah. You're on, oh, grip and rip it, baby. What you sipping? I am sipping um, the bane of my existence, and yet the thing which has kept me through so many of the past few years, through university, college, and all that, it's Rockstar Energy Fruit Punch, baby. Let's Let's go. go. Rockstar is the thing that most made me feel like, like, when I... When I come down off of any given energy drink, it's never really a good time. But Rockstar Energy gave me the most, like, I feel like my throat is closing energy <laughs> when I was coming down off it. Yeah, it, for for me, it's like, that's the that's the feeling that I'm chasing. You're chasing the, you're chasing, <laughs> you're chasing the asphyxiation of a Rockstar Energy for fun. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, you know, like, rock Rockstar Asphyxiation is, in fact the the high that i've been chasing my whole life that's how that's how david carradine died no no he died when he was five finger death punched by, by beatrix kiddo and that's a and that's can and that's and that's how i want to that's how i want to remember Go him. Out. okay uh but yeah 2020 what a time it's been a fucking year, folks. And I can can I can I I, I guess an airing of grievances is in order. I am so fucking sick of 2021 hopefulness. Like like this year does not like there there's not going to be someone who comes up and like cuts the film at at 24 and then starts a new reel on January 1st. And yeah. I'm, just, I'm just so exhausted about it. It's going to be 2022. <laughs> 2020 new game plus, baby. <laughs> exactly like literally nothing literally nothing will change the year is like we, we're gonna prestige i know people are making those memes also but like yeah, yeah. the like I, I i've grown more and more disillusioned with the idea of oh we just gotta get out of this year because this year has been so doo-doo ass the next year is so full of promise like maybe this is maybe this is just uh pessimistic of me at this point but i think it's just more being realistic yeah i mean i think people need like 
lies sometimes to keep you know themselves what? going. You know what? That that's true. As as Fleetwood Mac once said, "Tell me lies, tell me sweet little lies." Yeah. And sometimes the little lies you must tell yourself are that 2021 will be any different from 2020. And you know what? As long as everyone keeps being safe, then it will eventually get better. Yeah. You know, like, uh, you know, Wikipedia has a list of all of the different calendars. Like, there's the Discordant calendar, and then there's the um, Assyrian calendar, and the Gregorian calendar, obviously, and the Iranian calendar. And it's like... like those all of those different numbers and all those different calendars and all those different records of keeping time weren't any more effective at making grand sweeping changes happen just as just as the clock resets you know it's like right. it's mm-hmm. like it's it's just like it's like it's like voting it's like in terms of like optimism for 2021 it's like okay there's nothing that i could do on january 1st 2021 that i cannot start doing like today in terms of like bettering my community and reaching out to people who need help in my community and all that other stuff it's like none of that's gonna like magically be viable more viable on january 1st right you know it's like it's like nothing's gonna nothing's gonna make things better until like so many things change but like people everyday people take the initiative to change things for themselves and their community it's just so yeah so what i'm saying is just Take your destiny in your own hands and pretend that there's no such thing as a as a as a as a day as a January first, and and how would you and how and how would that change how you act today? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I I but I totally feel you on the 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 optimism. It's like, you know, I think when you when when like everyone on the timeline is so overly optimistic, it can make your realism feel like super pessimistic yeah for sure yeah but um right it's like yeah i'm not i'm not trying to be a poo-poo head on people's parade but also it's like i don't know yeah no i I totally get where you're coming from we don't have to we don't have to we don't have to spend too much time on this i'm just i I, does anyone else have any other grievances to air that we can dissect in this open space (laughs) uh i mean yeah i think that um you know, you know, the, the, the future is so uncertain. And I just, you know, I, I think probably the, the one grievance I want to air is that, you know, the problems that COVID-19 has inflicted on the average everyday person, um, has not stopped the machines of capital from doing their worst as well. It's like there was mm-hmm. there was never a unilateral slowing down of time. It was like the machine of capital kept moving and just that it's just that individual people got like their lives completely upended. And yep. and as far as I'm concerned, fuck landlords and and fuck cops and just yeah, fuck them all. Fuck, fuck every all. CEO that has increased their net value over this year. Yeah. Fuck Jeff Bezos, who in June of this year, in in a single day in June this year, or July it might have been, he increased his net worth by $13 billion in a day. Yeah, and, and, mm-hmm. and, and fuck all the politicians who... You know, on the one hand, they they're gonna they're gonna watch like they're gonna they're gonna hear the news that eighteen members of their community died, and they're gonna say, well, 
you know, um, we're still not quite sure whether or not we should go into phase three lockdown or phase gray lockdown or phase black lockdown, whatever metric you want to go under. Because as far right, as like I'm we, concerned, like we... those politicians ain't going to show up to the funerals of any of those people who died in their community, whether it's one person or 18 people. So the right. all so anyone who's died under under uh, non lockdown conditions, that's on the local politicians and local uh, and locals who completely subvert all of that, all the expectations and all the expertise, you know, right. all like, of those I, deaths are I, on you. Yeah. The, 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 the county that I'm in is in like a real bad spot right now. Like we're like leaping by like 500 cases a day on our, like our good days have an increase of 400 odd cases per day. Mm-hmm. Uh, on some of our worst days, we've been like 700. I think one day it even had an 800 increase. <clears throat> Jesus. And our our local government is just like, please wear masks. I, I like I had to drive to like I had to like you know run an errand yesterday, and I was on the freeway, and I just saw a couple of hands uh, a couple of signs that were like, celebrate safely this New Year's, avoid shutdowns, and it, like hashtag New York strong, and I'm like. We're just kind of crossing our fingers and hoping again, huh? Just kind of hoping that no one, no one does a party, no one does a party like they did for Christmas and for Thanksgiving. Oh God, yeah, that's and also keeping all the industrial centers that are the epicenters of outbreaks open. Yeah, yeah, we're just gonna, we're we're just gonna do it. Like I, I, <laughs> the mall is open. Yeah, the mall is open and. And that is that is indicative of a failure to understand very basic things. And the vaccine is is a is a, is a is a product. It's a product, first of all, that's going to be rolled out, and it's going to discriminate. And there's going to be discrimination all along that supply chain against mm-hmm. marginalized communities, against First Nation communities, against uh, Indian reservations. And remote communities, and yeah. and and just carrying on again as normal is just not going to be enough to to change things. And it's I think probably the worst part about the pandemic was that is the feeling that everything can feel like it can feel like the perfect moment to act and to do something really really important and impactful in your local community, but also dealing with the fear that if you go out there and you get the virus and you bring it back to your community or you bring it back home that you're causing greater damage and greater jeopardy to your to your own life and to the life of others around you like that is that is a that is kafka-esque hell to live in that 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 like you know that a story that we that i brought to hkip this year the land back lane site like that site's still going on. They're preparing for their winter. Um, they're preparing for winter encampment uh, right now, and it's like, okay, do I go there and help uh, set up for the winter encampment, or do I stay home and just give them money and then just hope that that's enough for them to get the materials that they need yeah. to do what they need to do? And so it's like, ugh, you know, it's just such a a frustrating thing. And I think that, you know, on the one hand. We have to under, we have to listen to the experts who say that the best way for you to protect yourself is to not leave your house, and it's like and but not everyone has that option. Not everyone has right, that option. Like, yeah, I I know it's been talked to death on this podcast and everywhere else this entire year, but it's just so frustrating that like like 
if we had just like shut down for three weeks, like as a country, and I, it would not have fixed everything, but like if we had just like hard committed to a big shutdown for three weeks, we could have really just not had, we really could have not just been like sprinting towards 400,000 deaths in this country. Exactly. And, and now, and, and what we just learned recently is that Russia. Take ass dog shit country. Yeah, yeah. We've learned that Russia actually were lying about their COVID nineteen numbers. Uh, oh. That they're actually three times worse than they previously reported. One hundred and eighty-seven thousand oh. people have died in Russia due to, uh, from the virus. They are oh. they are third behind. Uh, they are third most in the in in the world behind Brazil, obviously, and United States. Uh, and oh, uh, uh, the vice president of Brazil got the got covid and uh he started taking hydro uh, clo- uh hydroxychloroquine <laughs> yeah yeah so sorry <laughs> that's just such a throwback wow yeah yeah, yeah i thought <laughs> hydrochloroquine isn't something that i've thought about since like the oh my god still on that one huh yeah uh, apparently and 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 you know uh apparently that um that that's um substance is used to treat malaria it's an anti-malaria drug and it's like it's It's also like it's also used for lupus patients like that was the big oh yes issue when it was in such high demand is that people who need it for lupus didn't have access to it yeah and yeah and you love to see that you know despite the fact that we that it's been proven to not work against against covid it's like ah we're still gonna take it anyway because you know my, because because the nice the the, uh, the American president said that it was cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the nice president. Yeah. No more, Mister Nice President. Yeah. Um. Uh, topics. Speaking of. Speaking of COVID nineteen. <laughs> speaking of COVID nineteen and government mismanagement or, or mismanagement or spite, really. Uh, the House passed a stimulus bill to, uh, well, so the Trump signed a bill that gave like $600 stimulus to everybody, which is just real spit in the face. And then the next day he was like, hey, what if it was $2,000? And the Democrats were like, yeah, we also, we've always wanted to give you guys $2,000. Uh, and now, now, now we're doing it. Uh, so they passed that through the House very quickly, which I do appreciate. Um, I will never hand it to the Dems, not once. Uh, but, uh, bitch, bitch McConnell is now, uh, holding the bill in, he's holding the bill. Like, uh, he's saying, nah, you're not voting on that. So now Bernie and, uh, Ed Markey are like holding the defense bill hostage in response. Cool system. I listen, I mean, I would love to just see, I, 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 I do love to see the defense bill leveraged like this. I would love to see the defense bill just get like, I would love to see the Republicans buckle and then Bernie just say, okay, we're anti-war now. No more, no bill. Uh-uh. uh-huh. No, thank you. Yeah. And, and, and of course, like in that defense funding, uh, uh, in that like defense bill that's being uh, debated in the Senate right now, it's like, there's so much money being offered to like fucking like Israel and, 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 and other uh, like stationed fucking military bases and shit. It's just like, come on. It's like really you're gonna you're gonna him and haw over giving every American two thousand dollars. It's like, you know, as far as far as I'm concerned, it's just yeah, it's just a bunch of bullshit. And the fact that like there's so much that six hundred dollars was the initial offer. It's like 
when even Trump is like, ah, that's I, I, come on, you know, be reasonable, you know, you know you're you know you're really fucked up, and two thousand dollars is still not very much at all. Trump's just leaning in like you can't grease the palms with six hundred dollars. You got to give him a little something, and then he slips two like five hundred dollar Monopoly bills into Pelosi's palms. <laughs> he slips you a Werther's original. <laughs> Oh shit! I, what the fuck? I love Trump now. <laughs> oh, he was so he was so nice to Michelle Obama at, Ob- at Barack Obama's funeral. Okay, just gonna clip that and then just send that off to <laughs> FBI.com. <laughs> yeah, yeah, F, uh, yeah, yeah. Boss man at FBI. Big boss at FBI.gov. <laughs> Finally, this entire podcast has been a honeypot to get me to say something, and that was the first time I'd ever said anything incriminating on this. It's podcast. true. That was that was a really great run, Sarah. You you've been so diplomatic. In all of and, my years and... of infiltration, you were the strongest, <laughs> and the tallest, and the hottest, and the fastest, highest vertical leap. I do have the highest vertical leap, but I do, I'm not the fastest. I'm pretty sure every single, every other host of this podcast could probably outrun me. God. Imagine how much better things could be if we were not ruled over by, like, 500 people who, like, like are just, like... That, that that article from a couple of months ago... No, no, it was probably a couple of weeks ago, since I, now that I think about it. But um, that article from a couple of weeks ago where um, a, a doctor on the Hill was like, yeah, I prescribed, like, anti-dementia medication to, like a lot oh, yeah. of people in the and it's like dementia is horrible don't 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 get don't like obviously like my, my i i lost my grandfather to dementia earlier this year mm-hmm. um but like you, you get like give the give the like take them out of this job yeah. that's the thing like dementia is horrible and people with it should be spending their time with their loved ones and not implementing national policy and not not like just sitting like remember how remember how diane feinstein like literally had forgotten what went down during the amy coney barrett confirmation hearings is she the one who asked the same question two times in a row to one of the yep yep antitrust people yep mm-hmm. and uh yeah and then we've got you know nancy, nancy pelosi miss good morning sunday morning is i i didn't i don't get that one is that a quote of hers oh yeah yeah she was like being interviewed by someone and they like uh it, i think it was like uh meet the press or something and it was like they they asked her a question and uh she like stood in silence for like 10 minutes for not 10 minutes like 10 15 <laughs> seconds and then said good good morning sunday morning <laughs> oh, i thought that was like a tweet no but she, she said, said that she said that out loud with her words on television okay holy <laughs> right. can, holy cannoli that's um. There's a there's a minimum age to be involved in the political world, which is eighteen, and so I think that there should be a maximum. Like age if you, too. the instant, the instant you qualify for a senior citizen. Oh, that's not true. The senior citizens, okay, five. You you are not allowed to get to do this job five years after qualifying as a senior citizen. The fact that there are so many old people, like like old people in politics, and that the president-elect becomes gradually older and older and older. Like, it's it's incredibly, like, grim times for, for, uh, yeah. for, uh, for you know, uh, electoral politics to just gravitate towards, like, ah, let's just do the monarchy. But, like, 
skip the fact where skip the skip the point where they're like where they're like regions when when they're like 25 or whatever and then like we would just give them the the we'll just give them the keys to the nuclear codes when they're you know in their 70s yeah like the issue i don't think the issue is like allowing old people to be in office because like there are people like bernie who are still like whip smart and right. they're like like it's not that you can't be in office when you're old it's that the way that the system works just incentivizes people to keep hold on power for as long as possible for decades and right. decades and, and what that does is produces stagnant right. like the, the, completely yeah. centrist or completely just pro corporate and the way the power. system works there's like there there is no way to there okay well craig just fucked up thank you craig uh, yeah, Craig. I don't think Craig got any of this. Awesome, we love it. Um, another thing that like really just fucks with me is that like there's there's no way for you to like effectively unseat someone of your party without first them losing the entire seat to someone else. Like, yeah. like, y- y- like it's the, like primary challenges to dem- to incumbents are just not really a thing. Like you, we can we're trying. We've gotten it through a couple a handful of times, but it's just like. What are you going to do to Joe Manchin? Like, just like you, you're like literally the only options are either just to let Joe Manchin keep going or the accelerationist option, which is to let Joe Manchin lose and then take it back when he's not the incumbent anymore. Or I thought just... Joe Manchin was a wrestler. <laughs> Who am I thinking of? <laughs> Who Joe... are you thinking of? There's a Joe Manchin. That sounds like a wrestler name. Am I right? Are you okay? You're, are you thinking of it as Joe Manchin? Like Manchin? Yeah. Okay. No, it's Joe Manchin. It's like human man <laughs> and then chin. Okay. The crimson chin. <laughs> yeah, that's him. Here comes the Joe Manchin. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Sorry. Or to just or to just completely overthrow the government. Uh, uh, parody, Minecraft, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Half of one, a dozen of the other. Yeah. Um, in Minecraft, you can live your life as if the government already doesn't exist, and then just sort of set up your own community spaces. And you can't do that in Minecraft. That's true. Yeah, yeah. You can also just like you know, just just have some conversations with some of your neighbors, and just start small, and you know, eventually grow your own food, and then you know, when that stimulus check comes in, you know, just yeah, mm-hmm. um, and get the uh, Minecraft expansion. We... Yeah. <laughs> Before we move on, Alex, I just want to say uh, I I love I I never know how intentional it is, but I love whenever you like say a common turn of phrase incorrectly. Thanks. It's it's um, always just I never like laugh out loud at it, but it is just something that always makes my brain smile. I went to bed last night with the phrase in my head. Oh, you're just running a monkey's errand. <laughs> a monkey's errand. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I just like I just like it's six of one and a dozen of the other. <laughs> I said half of one, a dozen of the other. Oh, yeah, <laughs> which that's, is even funnier. That's really good. Thanks. Half half of one, six dozen of the other. <laughs> what's what's what's? Well, I I have a question. I have a question. What what's going what's going on up in the land of Canada? Well, I have some reassuring news for you uh, in Ontario, which is um, so. According to the CBC, Doug Ford adds empathy to populist repertoire, taking on premier dad role during pandemic. Now, um, quick, and then quick, if we go quick, to, quick, if quick we, question, quick question, yeah, uh, is it premier as in like number one, or premier as in like the political position? Well, that's what it's named after. So yeah, both. 
Oh, okay. The I get you. I get you. Very funny, Don. Um, okay. What's what else? So that was that was CBC's take on the uh, the issue. So let's go to uh, Global News. Global News says Doug Ford adds empathy to populist repertoire, taking on premier dad role during pandemic. Um, okay. Then if we go to uh, I think CTV also had uh, another take on the story, which was. Uh, Doug Ford adds empathy to populist repertoire, taking on premier dad role during pandemic. Hmm. Um, and there's at least seven of these. So, you know how media is a monopoly. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I've heard this. I've heard this. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was one of those monopoly expansion boards that I just never bothered with. Right. Like I thought. It, I thought it was like the. I thought the. I thought it, like we were going to get Miss Monopoly. We were going to get Media mm-hmm. Monopoly. Monopoly Junior. We were gonna get Betty Media Monopoly, Monopoly, which is like the polyamorous version of Monopoly, <laughs> and then there's Monopoly, which is what you play when you have mono. <laughs> Monopoly, which is when your uh, when your Jer- New Jersey, but when your Italian friend Paul has uh, mono. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. Anyway, I just this is it's. You love the propaganda. You love the not even changing any wording of the headline that they got handed down to them. You love the the uh, what's the, what's the word? Plagiarism. Consent. Uh, no. Uh, manufactured. Uh, manufactured consent. Yeah. Uh, he's our our consensual daddy. Yeah, he's. <laughs> that's my fa- that's my favorite Square Pusher album, Consensual Daddy. Oh. <laughs> Here's my question. What's your question, John? What does that even mean? What is that? Yeah, what 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 is a premier daddy? Uh, you know what? I haven't actually looked at any of the articles. I'll look at one and just assume that they're all the same. Um, well, he says that he knows people have COVID fatigue, but there is a vaccine. The economy will recover. The province will bounce back. Um, so just like so my dad, he's, just... he's a, he. So just like my dad, he's a liar, and that's what makes him a daddy. Yeah, he's just saying reassuring lies, um, which is. Is it's he should try growing a beard like Trudeau did for his daddy image, but other than that, I have no real notes. I think this and is also, great. I think if Doug Ford did, if if Doug Ford did, uh, by the way, I can only remember which one it is now because of Dig Dug Your Own Grave Ford Night. Because um, <laughs> I, I would always in my I, before that I would always say, ah, oh, shit, is it Rob or Doug? Um, I also completely forgot the. Oh yeah, D- Doug Ford could also do blackface. That really did numbers for uh for 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 Justin Trudeau's or sorry, Justin was brownface. I apologize. You know he also did blackface. Oh, he did both. Okay, he double dipping. He at least triple dipped. Oh, he triple dipped. He did it. It so here's the thing. You see, in Quebec, it doesn't have the same connotations because. They haven't thought about black people enough. <laughs> yeah, because because Quebec is a backwards ass bullshit part of this fake ass country. Right. Like it's so funny. Like their excuse for why blackface is like more culturally permissible there is we haven't really thought about it. Right. It's it's an ex- that's not like an extreme that's an extremely tautological re- like it's more so- socially permissible because it's more socially permissible. Exactly. And because also Quebecois are oppressed because they're French in in, in Canada and you know they don't have equal representation under the law or anything, right? And that's why the block Quebec that, that's why the block Quebecois guy is like extremely racist. Yeah, yeah. Quebec is the politics are very bad. They're doing it right. They're 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 dancing and they're doing it right. 
the whole they're da- well they're dancing like, and they're doing it wrong really but yeah yeah it's 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 really it's really fucked up that uh, that to get into to not get into the weeds too much but like two people two indigenous people were 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 shot by uh law enforcement in the New Brunswick and Quebec area in June within 2 weeks of each mm-hmm. other the 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 and Quebec very famously had no answer to the question hey what's going to happen to indigenous people if you were to secede from Canada just no answer yeah. whatsoever and in you, you love it you love it they also did we talk, did anyone talk on the podcast about the moose hunt shit i don't believe so cuz i know we talked about like the lobster fishery um but so if you if the listeners remember the lobster fishery story which had kind of a happy ending i hope in that the Mi'kmaq fishers got uh like partial control over the fishery right i think i think when i talked about it with john my 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 um my take on it from someone who was looking from a pretty a distant uh, a a decent distance was it's uh, it's a very the master's tools will solve problems kind of situation which is like it's it's listen i it's much better than what i expected to come of that scenario i i have to admit that yeah so there was a similar or i don't even know if it's still going on um similar situation in mohawk territory where uh settlers were doing illegal moose hunting and there were land defenders you know protesting that and defending their land and their right to uh hunt moose sustainably or to keep the moose population sustainable uh and uh the hunters fucking like threatened them with moose parts and shit beautiful like on yeah, on like, like throwing them at trucks and, yeah, yeah, just a, just a real fucking, just a fucking a real normal one there, real uh, normal Quebec. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. There's uh, yeah. There's a lot of stories about it, of course. But um, let's see. Just looking up moose hunting, Algonquin Nation holds strong uh, despite intimidation. Show forced by sport hunters in Quebec. A convoy of dozens of sport hunters angered by the Algonquin Nation's decision to block access to hunting trails until a moose hunting moratorium was called uh, blocked a stretch of Highway 117 in Quebec's La uh, Fred, uh, uh, Verendry uh, Faunic Reserve for several hours on Friday. It was supposed to be the first day of gun hunting for big game, and hunters were adamant on accessing the trails leading in deep into the bush. So, yeah, it becomes mm-hmm. a situation where, you know, like these people who have lived in this territory... Uh, actually longer than Haudenosaunee people have lived in this area. Like the Algonquin people have like that, like Quebec is their actual ancestral territory. And so Mm. they know everything that they need to know about sustainable uh, 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 hunting and all that is like, is like passed down from generation to generation. And so Mm -hmm. for them to call, for them to take actions into their own hands and to block trails, like, yeah, it's a pretty important thing. Like I, I have hunters um, in my in my extended circle. My white stepdad is also a hunter, mm-hmm. but they understand, um, and they take uh, they take uh, um, ad- they take sorry they take advice from the people who you know like people in community who like know um, yeah better than some actual 
uh, than some actual scientists and surveyors of these areas what it takes to be sustainable in uh, gathering from these different areas. So, right. Yeah. And so for, for, for sport hunters to act in a completely normal way, uh, or a completely predictable way towards the first nations people is just, you know, it's just another, it's just another icing on the cake as far as that's concerned. Yeah. Um, so I have a report card uh ooh, for ooh. Can- I have a report semester's over <laughs> semester's over it's but not, but, uh, but but unfortunately truth and reconciliation is still going on uh oh hey, much what, like much know, like I, so, so, before we get into this I apologize but can I can I just um I had this like think to myself while I was like like while I was stoned out of my mind eating like spaghetti at 1 a.m. sometime go off last queen week. <laughs> that's what the best thoughts and I was just sitting down I was just sitting down eating spaghetti and I was thinking <laughs> You know, you you know, you when you're sitting down, you're eating spaghetti. The mind goes to wander. Yeah. Um. And I was just thinking about the class that I took in college about the about truth and reconciliation committees, like the one that we we, we studied the ones that happened in uh, uh, Ireland and the one that happened in South Africa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And it made me think about how the has the U.S. had to do one of those. Has the U.S. been like forced to forced to like put like has anyone forced the U.S.'s nose into their own shit? And by the the by the U.S.'s nose, I mean the entire ruling body. And by the shit, I mean the like the horrible genocide that we did, or like all the well, slavery. I would argue that it doesn't matter because nothing would come of it. Yeah, that's also very that's also very true. Yeah, if I were if I were if I were to if I were to really hedge my bets in terms of like if there was a, ever like a a formal um inquiry probably not but i feel like there may have been regional and maybe even localized yeah. um investigation so what i do know what i what i would probably have guessed is that there were probably at at some point during the 90s and 80s um investigations into the japanese internment camps um mm, i vaguely yeah. remember i vaguely remember hearing about the the efforts to uh, on the on the part of descendants of that of that time to to literally get their material possessions back but mm-hmm. as far as a national inquiry there is no national consciousness in the united states it is a loose collection of vaguely affiliated uh uh uh, uh provinces and col- and colonies there is yep. no national consciousness you know, half the population doesn't even vote in their federal elections. You know, it's it's there's there is no United States. It is just like Canada, a fake ass country. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, um, the only thing that the, the only thing that has any hope of you unifying the American people is, I don't know, the Super Bowl. The, yeah. Pro- yeah. Probably the Super Bowl. I was going to say yeah. WrestleMania, Gamers. but even that's a little uh, even that's a little <laughs> uh, wishful thinking on my part. Uh, but yeah, uh, we, we, listen. We were we we as a nation were all united as the that one time the, the Atlanta Falcons were up twenty seven to three over the Tampa Bay. <laughs> oh, oh, not the Tampa over the New England Patriots, and then Tom threw forty thousand touchdown passes and destroyed all destroyed as a nation. God, that was that was a bad night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom Brady that, that was, is. Was, uh, yeah, that was a that was a big that was a big dub for racism on that night. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, unfortunately, um, a win for Tom Brady is a win for white supremacy. God, that did that did happen. Like the Super Bowl that was right after the 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 Trump election. 
Yeah. I prefer uh, racism subs to racism dubs. Nice. Good job. <laughs> Thanks. You're not better than me. <laughs> I, just want you, I just want you to know that. Just that you're not better I just, than me. I just, you know, I want to have the cultural contact context intact. I want to be able just... to clean my room while anime is on in the background. <laughs> Listen, no, that's I, true. I, I, I truly, I, I truly wish that I could, like, this is going to sound so fucking elitist of me to say, but, like, I truly wish that I could watch dubs, but I always watch them and I'm like, well, your mouth's not matching the word. The, your mouth movement isn't matching the words coming out of your mouth. And, like, if someone, like, says a word weird once, I'm like, all right, I'm tapping out. No thanks. <laughs> I actually am a centrist about it because I do watch dubs while eating breakfast and playing games on my cell phone. I watch subs while doing that, which means I just have a much less cogent... Uh, I just have a much lower comprehension of the anime that I watch. Well, to be fair, you're also, like, taking Japanese class. Right, but, like, I, I don't know enough to, like... I, I know, like, words for, like, now and cafe and 4 p.m. <laughs> cafe, now, 4 p.m. Yeah, that's all That's all dialogue. <laughs> that is, you know what that is? I, I, I do have to admit that, like, when I watch anime now and I hear someone say a word or, like... A, it, like, nothing makes me pop harder than hearing someone in anime just, like, say a complete sentence that I under that I know every word of. Even if it's just something simple, like, oh, yeah, yeah. I studied at home today. Bilingualism is good. It is it's good for the brain. I, I'm really, I'm really digging it. <laughs> I should, I should watch more. Um, I should, I should have watched more th- when I had a much stronger grasp on the Spanish language. I should have watched a lot more. Uh, uh, telenovelas. Sp- yeah, exactly. A lot more telenovelas. Speaking of doing very well in report cards, um, I say that only because Sarah killed it in Japanese. Um, I killed it in all my classes this year. I got a, I got a fucking, I. I I got a fucking B plus in Calc three, which was a miracle for me. In, Hell yeah. in all of my years of infiltration, you are the strongest, the tallest, and the hottest, and the smartest. That's absolutely. Well, I haven't gotten like that last one's absolutely not true. I, I'm not even the smartest person on this Discord call. Um, but the uh, the report but card in question comes from the Yellowhead Institute. Um, full disclosure, I used to work for them. Uh, I, oh, nice. My contract is uh, is has been terminated, but they're good people. Uh, this is from mm-hmm. Ian. Uh, this is from Eva Jewell and Ian Mosby. This is the calls to action accountability, the 2020 status update on reconciliation. Uh, December 15th, 2020 marks a full five years since the release of the final report of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission of Canada, which was established to uh, to present facts and evidence and uh, research uh, relating to the residential school system in Canada. Uh, uh, the commission created 94 calls, uh, and it was up to governments, both provincial, territorial, and municipal, and federal, to implement these uh, calls to action. Uh, in 2020, a tumultuous year for many reasons, our analysis reveals that just eight calls to action have been implemented. This is down from nine in 2019. Ultimately, oh we find that Canada is failing residential school survivors and their families. Yeah. So there are five reasons for the uh, for the lack of action on the calls to action. Uh, number one is the exclusion of Indigenous peoples from the public interest by policy makers. Number two, deep-rooted paternalistic attitudes of politicians, bureaucrats, and other policymakers. Uh, people like Mark Miller, uh, the uh, uh, Minister of uh, Indigenous Affairs, uh, you know, speaking Mohawk in the uh, in Parliament is is all well and good, but you know, there's that was long before the 
uh, Indigenous Languages Protection Act was passed. And so he was just kind of flexing on anyone who has anxiety over not being able to speak their own language by speaking their language for them in Parliament. It, it's very, it's, it, it, that, that, um, I, 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 this is like the first time I'm hearing, probably not the first actual time I'm hearing of it, but the first time I'm remembering hearing of it. Um, it reminds me of that time that, uh, Pete Buttigieg was asked like a question and he like, he was asked a question about, I don't even remember what it was, but he started answering it in Spanish. And like the, the response in Spanish was just that same, like mealy mouth. We must move as a country towards truth and ideals of freedom and passion. And, and it was just that in Spanish and the audience fucking lost their mind because, because mayor, because the rat boy was speaking Spanish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he is definitely still the rat man. So yeah, you know, yeah. Um, Sorry, go Fear on. Of the rat. Uh, yeah. Uh, God, the third really reason, <laughs> the third reason is the ongoing legacy and reality of structural anti-indigenous racism, uh, particularly in policing, uh, for predatory <laughs> non-indigenous organizations that exploit reconciliation. We'll get into that later on in the show, and insufficient resources. Uh, so there's two parts to the calls to action. There's one through forty-two, which are dealing with the legacy of structural inequalities that marginalize indigenous people intentionally or not in contemporary Canadian society. Now the legacy calls to action. Only two of them have been completed this year. The 13, which is the federal acknowledgement of indigenous language rights, which was uh, technically enacted by the languages languages act uh, during this past year. And uh, number 41, the inquiry into missing and murdered indigenous women and girls. Uh, a mm-hmm. report that was released earlier this year and that every single major publication news publication discredited as evidence of genocide. Uh, every mm-hmm. literally every paper in the in in this country published op eds saying the miss the inquiry into missing and murdered indigenous women and girls in ad, uh, does not meet their criteria for genocide because X, Y and Z reason, because they have to be people in order for it to be genocide. Uh, and so. Uh, so those are the only two uh, legacy calls to action that have been implemented. The second part, uh, calls to action 42 to 94, uh, deal with 17 subcategories of measures that are meant to advance inclusion of Indigenous peoples into various sectors of society, educate Canadian society at large, and establish practices, policies, and actions that affirm Indigenous rights. Um, there are uh, a few of these. Uh, there's six in total. Um Number 48, the adoption of UNDRIP, which is the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples by churches and faith groups, uh, which was accepted uh, pretty much uh, unilaterally by the Catholic Church, not to hand it to them at all because they're a monstrous institution that still does harm to this day, and uh, the Anglican Church as well. Uh, the rejection of the doctrine of discovery by church by churches and faith groups. The doctrine of discovery says that if you find land that no Christians live on, that that land belongs to you uh, mm-hmm. as a as a Christian person. Uh, and it's, it's key in establishing the right to murder indigenous people during contact. Uh, federal support for the National Center for the Truth and Reconciliation's National Residential School uh, Student Death Register, which w- which has been enacted. Reconciliation Agenda for the Canada Council for the Arts, Reconciliation Agenda for APTN, which is the Aboriginal People's Television Network, is a uh, is a federally funded uh, 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 news uh, and and media studio that is uh, entirely run by Aboriginal people. 
And finally, uh, uh, call to action number 88, long-term support from all levels of government for North American indigenous gain. So basically, Canada continues to utterly fail and do the very bare minimum in, in, uh, in sort of promoting and, and crafting and, and bringing us closer together to truth and reconciliation. The fact is, is that even some of these uh, 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 sort of measures have kind of only been sort of like in writing or in sort of like in sort of like in, in, in theory or in faith. Uh, such as yeah. like the Indigenous Language Rights Act and uh, the inquiry into missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls. The fact is, is that there are still man camps being built around uh, pipeline sites. And of course, we cannot forget the fact that there are still pipelines being built. In fact, just quite yeah. just recently in Minnesota, a uh, woman, an Indigenous water protector, was arrested for uh, successfully stopping uh, 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 construction of the pipeline i can't remember uh, i can't remember which pipeline is running through that place but it's coming from alberta to uh through minnesota and wisconsin and it's yeah it's it's one it's one of those crude oil pipelines that you know this this government did in fact approve um you know the truth and reconciliation commission itself has come under a lot of scrutiny from uh activists as not really being uh, not really having the teeth needed to like really change things in Canada. And, you know, I think that, that, that even this report card, um, if it, even if it doesn't come from a, a, a standpoint of being critical of the truth reconciliation commission, it shows that even when you're supposed to meet the bare standards of a watered down version of the truth and reconciliation commission, Canada still fails. Yeah. 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 Canada is a uh. fake ass country. Canada is a fail ass country. A fa- a fail ass country with 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 fail ass policies. Yep. <laughs> Doing cringe policy as my as a fail country. Yeah. Um cringe reconciling my fail truth. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Uh what else do we have before cuz I I had like a not like a not like I have a thing to suggest we do between news and action and light bringers. So uh, I'm all newsed out. Okay. Uh, John, anything? Uh, yeah, I, I can, I can, I can do a couple of quick roundup things if they don't interfere with your thing. Yeah. Totally. Um, um, I, I, I think that when I, I talked about this beforehand, but um, I wanted to talk about the Michelle Latimer stuff that's been happening. Um, for sure. For sure, and uh, if if I uh, now I I have not uh, the first the, really the first I heard about this and I did some back reading the first I heard of Michelle Latimer was in the response to all of this, but I've been like looking into it a lot. It's really uh, so it just turns out that like one like one of the most renowned like formerly thought of for, formerly considered native filmmakers uh, has just been lot like faking it. Yeah. About it? Yeah. As for uh, in terms of like the media world, like in terms of like um, like film and televisions, yeah, this is pretty big. Yeah. This is this is pretty devastating stuff. And um, yeah, in terms of the Michelle Latimer thing, for those who don't know, uh, Michelle Latimer, um, yeah, she's a Canadian actress, director, writer, and filmmaker. Um, she was originally um, on the show called Paradise Falls as an actress, and then later uh, she did documentaries and she did 
um, a bunch of other stuff. She works for Vice. Uh, she most her most recent project was uh, Trickster, right? That's the name of the show. Yes, uh, Trickster is actually an adaptation of a book called Son of a Trickster uh-huh. by Eden Robinson. Eden Robinson, who actually is indigenous, um, mm-hmm. she's from the uh, uh, Haysla and uh, Haysook First Nations uh, in BC, um, and. Uh, Eden Robinson's book, uh, Son of a Trickster, is uh, the first part of a trilogy of books that she's uh, writing. And Trickster um, was like very well, very much lauded, very much on, on um, uh, uh, praised for its uh, for its like authentic casting and all that other stuff. And it was based off an indigenous story. But Michelle Latimer, the director and showrunner for Trickster, who directed all of the episodes of that show, uh, was outed as uh, being uh, non-Indigenous, being uh, someone who uh, uh, whose story about who they were as an Indigenous person changed from early on in their career, and there were inconsistencies, and then eventually the community that she claimed to be a part of uh, just were like, who are you? We don't know who you are. <laughs> she and she like she like doubled down on it because her response was basically like, "Well, my mom all my this is what my mom always said. Mom always said life is like a box of chocolates, and also we we are indigenous, and so I don't know what to tell you, folks. Sorry." Yeah, yeah. She was also the programming uh, the programmer for Imaginative, which is the largest indigenous film festival in Canada. Um, she was a programmer at the Hot Docs Film Festival, and she was the programmer advisor for uh, the Winnipeg Film Group's uh, uh, Cinematique uh, and the Region Park Film Festival. So she was given was yeah wasn't she also like the recipient of multiple like grants that are like for like indigenous filmmakers? Oh yeah, oh yeah. In in Canada, especially for Freaking especially sweet Lois. <laughs> Especially for, um, especially in like um, television and media and and and, and film, um, mm-hmm. there's really not much that can be made in Canada unless you are given explicit uh, permission or, or allowance by Telefilm. So you know, and and also with regards to Canada Council and Ontario Arts Council, um, depending on where you get your stuff from, um, where you get your funding from, like there are Indigenous specific grants, and there have been for years, basically. So um, this person who was in the business essentially for almost 20 years uh, finally gets outed as someone who was completely making it up. And, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, she claimed to have like Métis heritage and a lot of people don't quite know exactly what that means. And so, yeah, the 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 honor, uh, the, the the title of Métis comes uh falls down specifically on people of mixed ancestry from uh, fur traders in the Rupert's land area, um, which was uh, uh, Manitoba and a bit of um, some of the neighboring provinces and territories as well. But there's, uh, but there's this assumption that if you are, that you're Métis, if you have just mixed ancestry in general, whether you're not your yeah, Cree, you have like a single ancestor that you can trace. Yeah, whether or not you, whether or not you're Cree or Hon- or, or or Haudenosaunee or whatever, you know, Métis is not synonymous with mixed blood. It is very specific mm-hmm. time and place where often fur traders would be adopted into clan systems, and then their children with uh, with indigenous people would be would be given th- this title, and then they would become their own distinct nation. Métis people are not federally recognized 
as a distinct class of indigenous people. The only federal distinction is whether you're Indian or non-Indian. And, uh, and that is literally still the term that is used to this day under the Indian Act of 1876. Um, mm-hmm. there, is no, there is no distinction for Métis people or Inuit people. So in that respect, um, you can really get away with a lot by claiming to be Métis. And there are, as previously mentioned, many predatory uh, 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 groups and ad hoc organizations that claim to be indigenous focused or rooted or like support indigenous people. But in fact, what they do is they give people um, fake nation cards to Métis nations. And so you can so people can go around and say, you know, I'm Métis. I have my Métis nation card. Meanwhile, yeah, and they often like they sell it, right? Like it's oh, give us five hundred dollars and we'll give this to you. Exactly, and so and so it becomes like this thing where you're not registered under the Indian Act, but you're on the you but you have but you now have, uh, uh, you now have, quote unquote ID, uh, ID that demonstrates you as having indigenous uh, heritage and indigenous um, uh, community connections. And yeah, it's a uh, it's a really big failure on the part of literally everyone involved in that production and then and then basically any production or, or industry or institute that she was a part of that no one was ever really quick to think like maybe we should check this person out maybe we should check out to see if their story is right and it, it, mm-hmm. just looking from an outsider it's like I, I've, I, I saw like the, the two posts I saw like posts side by side of like Michelle Latimer's response, and um, what was the author of the the Son of a Trickster? Ian, Rob- Ian Robinson, yeah, yeah. Um, I I saw like their Facebook posts apologizing side by side, and uh, Eden Robinson was like, I, yeah, I fucked up. I should have done more research uh, on this. I should not have just taken this at face value, and as such, I will be like donating proceeds from the show or something similar to that, like to indigenous organizations. And Michelle Latimer's response was just like, I. My, I was told something very different by my mother, and uh, thank you very much for your money. Uh, I will not be back for Trickster season two. Bye bye. Yeah, and that's it, right? Is that is that it? It becomes a situation where literally just like those people who are trying to uh, overhunt the moose in Quebec, and just like how the people who are who are uh, now being given permission to clear cut in BC, um, in these incredibly. Um, uh, uh, sort of like protected spaces, you know, like just like those are extractive industries that do harm to the environment. This is an extractive industry that takes the stories of indigenous people and spins them and turns them into a profit for people who are not in these communities and who don't and who um, haven't faced these historic um, uh, exclusions and, uh, it just sort of like just just takes from that pool of money that we're all fighting for and then just sort of takes it for yourself and it's just it's the most uh it's the most harrowing thing and it happens every year every year someone comes someone someone gets outed as some as someone who is not actually indigenous and the problem with it is is that indigenous heritage and indigenous people are they're not a monolith right and so it becomes a situation where who has the right to claim that they're indigenous? 
if you have one ancestor, if you have community connections, what about people who are not connected to the community because of colonialism, you know? And then mm-hmm. there's and then there's the problem of colorism, like which is extremely pro- uh, problematic in indigenous communities, um, where there are white natives and there are uh, black natives who don't appear to be stereotypically native but or indigenous, and yet they and yet they are they are pushed aside by by they are pushed to the fringes and pushed to the margins even within that community and they can't access those spaces right and right so, like it's 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 compl- it's like there there's enough moving parts happening at once like there's it's it's complicated enough without like these outside factors of like people warming their way in and taking the resources because they want to fast track something exactly and 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 there are so many different loopholes and social faux pas for you to navigate that it's almost like impossible to keep people accountable and or at least to to cut it off before it happens right i mean unless you're someone who you know like makes media in the community that you're from it's really hard for you to to to, uh, for anyone to really point out like are you actually from this place or do you have an actual connection to this community because it's just right Right. There are so few of us that that you and and the media landscape has been so exclusionary the whole time that you will take whatever kind of representation that you can get, and and mm-hmm. you just kind of have to grin and hope that maybe this person is genuine. You know, like uh, this year, um, uh, a very prominent um, poet um, who whose name is Gwen Benaway. Uh, she claimed that she was indigenous and oh wait i didn't know about this one yeah so gwen benaway is a tra- is a is a trans woman and she's a she, yeah. and she's a poet and she claimed also to be indigenous and she won the governor general's award for literature for poetry it's literally yeah. one of the highest uh award uh, uh, tiered awards that you can earn as an as a writer basically as a as a poet and Gwen also um, uh, staged lots of actions um, during last year um, in in regards to the Toronto Public Library platforming um, mm-hmm. uh, turfs uh, at their at, like their at uh, at their um, at their library branches in Toronto. And uh, this year, it came out that Gwen Benaway is actually not Indigenous at all. Jesus. And you have this sort of like feeling of like, you know, like who can you trust? And, you know, Gwen Benaway was a a white appearing native, but there's also not a really, there's not a strong contingent in in urban indigenous circles to interrogate people's identity in that way, because colorism is so problematic and it's an aspect of lateral violence that gets perpetuated again and again and again. And so, you're trying to drop the colorism. You're trying to be welcoming. You're trying to be understanding and you give people the benefit of the doubt and you give people a monocum amount of faith. And then they just turn around and they turn out to be something that they, that they, they, they turn out to yeah. not be what they said they were. And yeah. so they abuse that trust. Exactly. And, and then, so, you know, Gwen who had, who already had a very strong, um, culture around her of like being someone who like, you know, like like turfs would obviously you know they 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 um like they they put her in a position to be seen as someone who was always lying about who they were 
and then they actually get yeah. outed as a liar, but, not, but for a completely different reason. And then it becomes kind of like the situation where everyone just kind of has to throw up their hands and say, fuck, like, like, who can you trust? Who, like, what can, what can be done about this? Like, you know, what, what is going on? And, and, you know, I, I just looked it up and, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm really unfortunate to have to get into a little bit of an angry territory, but, mm -hmm. um, Jonathan Kay, who is known, uh, very strongly among, uh, people in Canada, I think mostly, but John Kay is known as like this really fucking like huge piece of shit, garbage journalist, quote unquote journalist. Oh, not the not the John K of animation. Okay. No, no. Um, John K. He is the owner of the. He's the senior editor of the Quillette, an absolutely dog shit reactionary oh, um, website. Oh, okay. And yeah, he that, was the, but that puts it in context for me. He was the editor and chief of the Walrus as well. He, uh, yeah, he is a, a huge piece of shit, and uh, you know, and he just released an op-ed in the National Post. Uh, the fucking this fucking guy michelle latimer saga shows that dna can make or break your career and this is the coming from the person who said that cultural appropriation was an appropriate thing for canadians to do because writers should be allowed to write about anything uh if i if i had if i had a megaphone i would and and if i had a megaphone directly in jonathan case ear i would tell him to go fuck himself because no one should be opening their mouth and flapping their gums about about the 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 legitimacy and the and the and the and the and the value of other people's words when all they do is literally just spend their time on the punching uh, like publishing and platforming fascist and other reactionary garbage. Fuck that guy. Fuck Jonathan K. And you know what? Fuck with Michelle Latimer too. Fuck be to Michelle Latimer. Fuck all. Fuck those the people. National Post. <laughs> Yeah. Fuck the National Post, and honestly, as far as I'm concerned, you know, like anybody who wants to appropriate indigenous stories and indigenous culture, you want to take the last thing that some of us don't even entirely have to ourselves, like, yeah, yeah go fuck yourself. Support indigenous artists, support indigenous writers, support the real thing, and stop pretending that everything, stop trying to colonize our stories. Mm-hmm. For once, for once. <sighs> yeah. 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 Oh, anything? Anything else we want to talk about before we head into the 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 middle zone that I've prepared here? No, let's go into this podcast within a podcast. The podcast within a podcast is. I just kind of want to talk about this year a little bit, like things that really made us feel hopeful, and things that happened, and some just some. Just a little bit of a walk down memory lane. For example, uh, this is a very this is kind of a U.S. centric thing. But remember how this year started with uh, the very wet president of the United States uh, obliterating an Iranian military general. Oh, I thought this was supposed to be fun stuff. Well, I, yeah. I, I, that 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 one's just me thinking about how the, how that was this year. Like this this feels like me getting that was this year. That, that, this is this, this is me getting to the end of twenty seventeen and saying, wait, Holly the Hollyweed sign was this year. <laughs> so, um, um um so is it so is this is this gonna be the bruh moment roundup <laughs> oh hi thanks for checking in i'm still a piece of garbage 
sorry. I, sorry. I, Matt's I, not I, the only person with a soundboard. <laughs> yeah. What, so, what else? What, do you have anything else on there, or is it just bra and still a piece of garbage? It's brought and still a piece of garbage for now, but stay tuned for <laughs> those are the two emotions. Stay stay tuned in uh, twenty twenty one, uh, where there will be more additions to the soundboard. I promise. Awesome! I can't I can't wait. Uh, but um, the, some some happy things that I I know this one's kind of bittersweet, but like the the moments that we had in like January and February where we like thought that like Bernie might do something and go somewhere. Yeah. I know for it's a hot, I still se- remember... for a hot second there. It was looking like, you know, yeah, like things the... were going to happen. I- I'm thinking about something that was posted in our server a couple of days ago. I think it might have been Chrissy who posted it. Um, and she just said that, uh, well, the-, the news media was really giving away the game by saying, uh, you know, if we just clump all three of these other people together, they'll beat Bernie. And we were all just like, why would you do it like that? Obviously, they're not all going to drop out at once. And then we were all th- and then we were we were doing that while we said that while eating cereal. Do you guys remember the Iowa caucus? Uh, I I I hear tale that they're still checking. They're still checking. I just had a vivid memory of like being at my friend's house for D and D and periodically just checking that whole night (laughs) and like yelling to my friends about U.S. politics and they were like, "Alex, what are you talking about?" Yeah, you're like, you're like, oh, the Rat Man has declared victory with zero percent reporting. They're just like, Alex, we're. We're, we're, Alex, please roll initiative. Please. Alex, please, please roll your 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 saving roll, your saving throw. And I can't believe, yeah, I can't believe that was uh, eleven months ago and not four years ago. Yep, there was a twenty twenty um, stock market crash. Uh, Shakira was number go up. Shakira was this year. Uh, Super Bowl was this year. Remember that one? That finding that one out. No. I was watching sixty minutes uh, this past Sunday, and finding that one out made like put a hole in my head. Like, what did Shakira do at the Super Bowl this year? She sang. Oh, was she good? Yeah, she was really good. Nice. Yeah. Um, remember this isn't this isn't as long ago, but remember uh, the Four Seasons, <laughs> fucking. That was uh, a, listen. There's a lot of there's a lot of things in this administration that make me feel bad for laughing at because it's like, oh, he he said he said the wrong you're in like one of the most fascist tweets that I've seen from this man. But um, mm-hmm. the the Four Seasons Hotel one was just that the the Four Seasons Total Landscaping that one was just a real. That's gonna be funny forever. Really, it really is. Like it's 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 like it's it's it feels like ripped from like a, a mid like if that was the punchline in a Doonesbury comic strip, it would be like a mid tier <laughs> Doonesbury. But like the fact that that one happened in real life, ooh, I'm savoring that one. Mm-hmm. Oh, what else do you remember fondly from this year? Uh, Facebook removes pseudoscience and conspiracy theory as options for targeted ads. Yeah, Facebook. Nice. We, we made some. We put, we put the screws Stand to Facebook, Facebook this ta- this and, year. And 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 Facebook just recently was sued to hell. Uh, yeah, antitrust it, laws, baby. It is possible that in 2021 that Facebook could get broken up. Which, God, I hope so. The only antitrust is <sighs> the Queen from Bugs Life. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what 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 else good happened this year? Um, was the I play, uh, I play volley I do volleyball now. I I yeah. I don't play it yet because I can't. I don't have any, you know, COVID and everything. I've got that. That's all happening, but I'm practicing volleyball. And you uh you started school again this year. 
Yes, it is. It's the year I went back to school. It's also the year that I decided to become a goth and be super hot. So, uh, you know what? That's that was a really good moment for me this year. A week ago, when I said, "What if I just?" A week ago, when I a week ago, I woke up and I had the realization: Wait, I can just go to CVS and buy black lipstick, and then I did that. True. True. Uh, uh, tweet about hashtag carp was this year. Tweet about hashtag carp was the, like that. That feels like a month ago. That was like at least a month ago. And if you tell me otherwise, you're lying to my fucking face. It was twelve days ago. No, it wasn't. But it feels no, like it three. That was not twelve days ago. That was that was that was like a year and a half ago. Um, that was one of the best things to ever happen on Twitter. It really was. It felt like a. It felt like a Tumblr. It, it, it was one of the few moments that Twitter has felt like the best parts of Tumblr in a way that mm-hmm. I haven't experienced in a very very long time. John, did you experience hashtag carp? Tweet about hashtag carp. I. I I may be showing my whole ass here, but I don't know what this is. Oh, okay. So, so you know those like banner, thi- you know those like ad banner things that you get in a promoted tweet. Sometimes that's like click this to like tweet hashtag Applebee's home for the holidays meal. Oh or yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. For there sure, was one. Sure. Someone had manipulated it to so that if it would just be uh, <laughs> a picture of a carp, and it would say the, the the tweet that you would see the infecting incident would be that you would see. Let's say you're, you're on Twitter. You're 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 Twitter. On, you're just logged into Flourishcaster, and you see your good friend Sunhat Genya post and post the word carp and then the word then a, one of those ad things that's just a picture of a carp and uh, a button that says tweet hashtag carp and you press that button and it makes you tweet hashtag and it makes you tweet the word carp with that same embed in it so it spreads like a virus and then uh, when you once you've tweeted that every instance of the tweet changes the picture and the becomes a link to the wikipedia page for carp it's just it was just a great oh my god night. Yeah, that was that was. How did, remember that time? Remember that time that all the verifieds couldn't post. That was also good. That was also this year. Remember when Donald J. Dump's Twitter <laughs> password was MAGA twenty twenty. <laughs> I do. Oh, I have no idea how I, I have no idea how true that one is. But don't tell me if it's fake because I, I want to live in a world where that one's the case. Do you remember when? I believe it was true for multiple accounts. You, you remember when? You remember when MILF discourse almost took down Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die, the podcast? <laughs> MILF? Yeah, that was like a week ago. I remember when we had our MILF discourse. That's That that still haunts me. Yeah, join the Discord if you want to get into heated arguments about MILFs. Uh, Shizo Abe um, uh, announced his resignation this year oh yeah that happened this year huh i feel like that was like if you would put a gun in my head and ask me when that happened i would have said like 2018 maybe yeah i mean shinzo has been around for a goddamn long time because he's the longest serving uh but you know what he he got really fed up with not with uh being the 57th prime minister of japan and everyone keeping it real with him and telling him that they will not improve that they will not improve japan's declining birth rate Mm -hmm. yeah um what else um uh, Christopher Nolan released a movie to theaters that no one could understand. No one could hear anyone uh, hear any any of the dialogue. And during a pandemic, Wonder Woman happened. Wonder Woman eighty four did happen. And Wonder a, Woman and, eighty four really at time of recording. Wonder Woman eighty four is happening. Like it's it's an ongoing process. That one. And and the 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 kids are talking about it. And folks, it's it's Wonder Woman. Looks great. Okay, wait, was. Avengers Endgame this year? No, that was last no, year, right? There was no oh. Avengers movie okay. this year. 
Right. That that well, that's newsworthy. Right, and that was what a reprieve. I'm I was just very glad to not have to endure an Avengers. I, I just I'm just really glad I didn't have to endure my like my my Marvel friends being like, okay, this one was actually really really good, and I'm just like, I'm sure it was. You know what? If you enjoyed it, you know what? It, it, it did you enjoy it? It was good then. I'm happy for you. It was wow movie. Wow movie. Yeah, we we were we were in fact spared a, a Scarlett Johansson uh, uh, film this year, which uh, is pretty is, which is pretty good. Oh no no no, we had we that, had we had what was was Wedding Story this year, whatever the fuck it was called. Marriage Story that was last year. <laughs> <laughs> really, I feel like I feel like we really hit our stride with the with the every day I wake up and like punching the wall memes. I really thought we hit oh, our stride man. with that this year. Um, it's, it was a 2019 movie, but I did start my year by waking up on New Year's Day, like, relatively early and going to see Cats 2019 with some friends, and that was a great start to the year. The last thing I did before, the last thing I did before quarantine hit was I went to see Tokyo Godfathers and then get McDonald's with my friends. Oh, that movie's so beautiful. It is. That was really, um, I'd like to hold a brief eulogy right now for, uh, Flash. Um. Oh yeah, Adobe. A few a, a few years ago, Adobe decided to take Flash out to the back shed and just kill it. Um, but he was too fast for them. I wish. I wish that. I wish that was the case, Alex. Uh, I. Oh no. God, Flash. I. I just like. Fl- I, I know this is def. I know I'm not alone in this, but like Flash dying is such like a uniquely s- sad thing for me. Like it's 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 hurting in a it's it's. I'm not going to say that like it's the worst thing that happened this year because obviously not, but like it's like yeah. it's like hurting me on an axis that nothing else this year has. We've got 2 days left to go to homestarrunner.com and beat Stinko man. We have 2 days left. <laughs> I'm literally about to start crying. But I think um oh. but the the cool thing about it obviously is that um all of those um, flash games and and flash material that's that that's out there right now is currently being hoovered up by the Internet Archive. It is, yeah, yeah. Um, but they gotta hurry up. And 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 they have they have a stable um, instance of Flash available uh, on uh, th- uh, through the browser. So anything that you want saved uh, to the Internet Archive, um, go ahead and save it to the Wayback Machine if you want but yeah. it's more mm-hmm. more likely than not uh, the things that you want to see um, will still be available on the Internet Archive yeah I'm happy for that it's just like yeah. the it, it's just like but I know for, this is how corporations are but it's like yeah. it's just like there's this is like an entire like generation of like internet content is just gonna get Thanos. I mean, and it's, it is being saved. Don't get me wrong, but like, like I, I think about that Dan Olson video every once in a while, where he like just spends fifteen minutes talking about the very bad and American Tail game, and then talks about video game preservation, where it's like this game yeah. has no importance, but it's still worth preserving. And I just think about like how many. How many Flash projects are just going to get left in the wake of this because they just didn't make it to the Internet Archive for one reason or another? And it just makes me so sad that like this, yeah. this big corporation just gets to snap its fingers and eliminate this this massive thing. And it's 
Yeah. It, it reminds me of the when last year when MySpace just said, "Hey, uh, we're clearing out like six years of music. Uh, sorry, we didn't tell you beforehand. Bye." And like, just so many like a bunch a bunch of music was just lost forever. That wasn't even intentional. That was actually a um, that was a, a technical error on their part that caused their servers to. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that to, wasn't even intentional. And 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 I think that the the prime motivator of archiving is that everything that has everything has value to someone and right. that's and mm-hmm. that whether or not something has noticeable value um it is still uh, uh it still has a right to exist right. and that is the fundamental mm-hmm. principle of actual like like I don't know. I guess actual liberation politics is that like even though even though this thing is not useful to capitalism or even though this thing is not inherently um, seen as valuable, it is allowed to exist because it does no harm. Right. The, and, the, yeah. and, and for 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 youth of a certain age, I say youth because I think we're all under 30 um, yep. for 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 folks our age between between 20 and 20 uh being 20 and 30 you know like flash was like our via the vehicle of our like of most of our free entertainment i mean i would i i would frankly i would frankly like i, I would shift those goalposts just a little bit just i, I think like 25 to to like 20 to 40 maybe just because i feel like so many of like the big animators who made flash huge like people like uh, Ross O'Donovan and Aaron and you know Eoraptor and like Tom Fulp and all of those people who helped make Flash the be- the behemoth that it was in the mid two thousands are like pushing forty themselves right now. It's it's it is yeah. really so hard to overstate like the 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 impact that Flash had on like the internet as a as a like writ large. Like yeah yeah and and with analog media before but you know like like. If you were a, if you were like a silkscreen printer in the 80s or the 70s, you can still pick up a silkscreen today and do exactly what you want to do. But there's something insidious about software and and that and that ephemera that once it gets Thanos snapped, as you said, it's gone. It's not it's not coming back. And you know, a lot of a lot of flat. There, there were lots of vulnerabilities with Flash, and obviously Flash wasn't always like the most the 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 best thing to be out there but it was a but it was a medium and a medium you know for better or worse is allowed to exist you know right despite right. of its flaws yeah so I, I i'm glad it's i'm glad it's being archived but i'm gonna i'm really gonna miss flash yeah so uh before we before we before we do our our goodbyes, uh, th- let's do some lightbringers. What's what's everyone been what's ever what's been bringing everyone light lately? Have I have I podcasted on this show since I became like absolutely fucking obsessed with Jujutsu Kaisen? I can't remember. I, you must have. You must have. Let me, let me check when the last Henry Kissinger was. Hold up. I mean, you can say it again. I, I mean, I would love to recommend the the anime and manga of Jujutsu Kaisen because it's fucking taken over my goddamn life, and like, like, it's taken over my life in the same way that Haikyuu has. And like, the only reason Jujutsu Kaisen has not affected my day to day existence is because I can't do like, I cannot do evil curse magic, but I can do volleyball. <laughs> so yeah. that's 
that's that's that's me jujutsu kaisen listen to my podcast special grade snacks hell yeah that's s-n-a-x right yes s-n-a-x nice uh alex do you want to go next i can't think of anything all right i have uh i have a couple of light bringers so uh the Internet Archive is my big Lightbringer. I was going to bring it as Lightbringer before I mentioned it before. But yeah, it is the single greatest thing I think I have really sort of like dove, dove into this year. It is in a, in, a, in a year that was terrible and it felt like there was nothing being saved and everything was being lost. The Internet Archive was like a really cool thing for me to just dive into. You know, and and the Internet Archive has also come under a lot of scrutiny uh, during the pandemic because they allowed uh, for books to be borrowed for free, um, free of charge on their site. And uh, mm, people. That's right. And um, despite the efforts of people like Fuck Windig um, uh, trying to bring down uh, the Internet Archive and paint it as like this completely awful, horrible thing, the Internet Archive is dedicated to one goal, which is universal access to all knowledge. And if you if that interests you, if you are interested in video games, old media, um, analog media, or digital media, it doesn't matter, films, music, podcasts, you know, anything, old websites, go to the archive.org. And if you can um, sign up to be a donator for them, because like they are, they do amazing stuff and you know, yeah, they deserve to exist. And they were probably one of the better sources of light for me this year and yeah i think nice. that they're great hell yeah uh and my second light bringer is the song the hedgehog movie which did come out this year <laughs> uh i still need to see that it is if if for if for any other reason than jim carrey's performance please see that film <laughs> yeah uh Perhaps I will. Uh, Alex, do you have anything? Or are we just are we are we just proper skipping you? I mean, I'm looking around my room and like I'm thankful for like I got a bunch of like multicolored pens and markers this year, and those have been great for like organizing shit. And then I'm looking at like I have a bunch of like charts of like what TV I'm watching and like my podcast chart to like catch up on friends at the table i just like being organized I, it's really good for my brain i'm really gonna take uh i'm really gonna go for that this this coming year i'm gonna keep like a spreadsheet of all the anime that i'm in the middle of watching it's so fucking good but i do recommend getting a fuck-ass huge piece of graph paper and doing it physically because that makes it so much more tactile oh sh- oh my god and i can fill in a little box for each episode of anime i oh shit exactly oh, alex shit yo are we gonna start a bullet club a bullet journal club or what for anime bullet journal for anime, anime. <laughs> all right uh okay that's gonna do it for this week's episode of henry kissinger's pokemon going to die not a threat just a fact just a fact uh we're on twitter at hkipgtd thank you very much to uh the taxpayers for the use of our intro music uh evil man off the album cold-hearted town thank you all for listening to us this year i know it's been a really weird year as we went bi-weekly and then went whenever lee but we really appreciate y'all listenership <laughs> uh i'd also like to really thank you to john for some of like some great episodes of henry kissinger's pokemon going to die this year including this one hell yeah yeah it's been it it it, it really was kind of like the the highlight of the 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 back end of my year to be able to show up on this podcast and talk shit about canada this this fake country i live in 
and and I'm so glad and Henry Kissinger's Pokemon going to die the podcast um based on the hit real life event hopefully fact. soon <laughs> yeah based on the hit fact um you know it's always been like a, a thing uh, like a podcast I've really appreciated and the the vibes that every host gives me is just so good and wholesome that yeah I I, I was really hoping I would fit in and it feels like I am and and yeah it's just been really nice to to do it and who knows maybe in 2021 I'll start my own noise space dot xyz podcast hell yeah let's go uh I'm Alex Leaf Crunch you can find me on Twitter at Leaf Crunch uh that's me uh and uh, uh my name is John you can find me on Twitter at flourishcaster underscore and I'm on Twitter at SunHatGenya, S-U-N-H-A-T-Z-H-E-N-Y-A. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, and thank you, thank you to thank you, John and Alex Leafcrunch. I'm thanking you for this podcast that we have just created. Thank you to Sarah for this podcast that we're in right now. Thank you to you both for thanking me. That's been so. It feels Thanks. so nice to be thanked. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks we're, we're... to Craig for fucking nothing. <laughs> Craig, yeah. Craig, suck my asshole. Craig will be the uh, the the last casualty of 2020. Yeah, death by sucking my fucking asshole. (laughs) If you lose your Craig tonight. (laughs) Okay, you were doing Agent Greg, I'm sorry. I was trying to segue us into the outro. Can you you, you give me that again? Can you give me that again? No, now I'm nervous. (laughs) Please, listen, I'll give you the the dancing and doing it right, okay? And you go from there? Yeah. Okay. Everybody will be dancing and be doing it right. Everybody will be dancing and be doing it right. Everybody will be dancing and be doing it right. Everybody will be dancing and be doing it right. Everybody will be dancing and be doing it right. Everybody will be dancing and be doing it right. Everybody will be dancing and be doing it right. Everybody will be dancing and be doing it right. If you lose your Craig tonight, better have an audacity that was all right. <laughs>